Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Texas Rangers are getting into a playoff arms race. Will Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery make this Rangers pitching staff all-star caliber? Also, the match trading Scherzer was surprising for a reason you might not think. And Jonathan Taylor wants out of Indianapolis. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Rangers did get swept by the Padres over the last three games, but over the course of the season, they've been one of the best teams in the American League. And if they're going to make a run to a World Series, it may well be at the arm of a former Mets star, just not the one they originally thought it was going to be. Max Scherzer kicked off a flurry of moves for the Rangers as they try and make a pennant run. Bryce Patrick from Locked On Rangers joins me now. And and Bryce, Max Scherzer is the big name in this trade, to be sure, has not had the big season. That is the kind of season we'd expect from Max Scherzer. How much does he change? just on his own, the fortunes of the Rangers this season? I mean, adding Max Scherzer, even though he's not the fully actualized Max Scherzer version of himself, it it really, really helps this team as the starting rotation started off as a strength this year, but has become its biggest weakness so far. And then you add another arm to to that rotation, Jordan Montgomery, um, it, it, from, from the Cardinals in this one. And so is the expectation, do you think, for the Rangers that he's going to continue to be a starting lineup guy is this going to be a, a long relief out? What is the expectation here and how much does he impact what they're able to do? Well, I mean, he really adds to this rotation. I think he's definitely going to slot in into the starting rotation. The Rangers back end of their starting rotation has kind of had some question marks at the moment. I mean, as of late, like I said, Martin Perez, Dane Dunning and uh, Andrew Keeney, but they also just placed their ace, Nathan Eovaldi on the 15 day IL with a uh, forearm strain, I believe was the technical term for it, but he's going to be out until August 11th. So they're hoping that it's just the 15 days. They're pretty confident in that, but this entire rotation is made up of guys who have had a lot of injury concerns in their career. This is just kind of showing up. You can never have enough starting pitching. So getting a guy like Montgomery, who is not the flashiest guy on the market, but he is going to be very consistent. He is going to give the Rangers starts every fifth game, and he is going to get you innings, which the Rangers desperately need. I really love this trade. And throwing in Chris Stratton, who is a bullpen arm with a lot of swing and miss. You can never have enough bullpen arms. And one of the Rangers righty relievers, who I was just singing his praises, Jose the Clerk, came in in this Sunday game and gave up a home run on the very first pitch that he (laughs) threw to the Padres. So, yeah, never have enough arms in your bullpen or in your starting rotation. This is a lot of shoring up this year without sacrificing the future. And I mean, Max Scherzer also shores things up for next season as he's under contract. And the Rangers only have to pay, I think it's $22 million for him the rest of this year and next year. So thank you, Steve Cohen, for writing those big checks. Yeah, and there's always, I think, too much fetching about, oh, they gave up too much. Like if you're getting a player that you think changes your fortunes in October, you do it and you just, you worry about the repercussions later. I'm not even going to ask you if if you think they gave up too much, though it doesn't sound like you do, but I do want to ask you about the October part. How much do you think these two guys move the needle for the Rangers in the postseason, understanding that rotations get shortened and, and you don't have to have the same sort of um, starting pitching depth in October? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the Rangers had basically two guys heading into this trade deadline before these acquisitions that I felt really confident in starting a postseason game. Nathan Eovaldi, game one starter, feel great about it. He's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. John Gray, even though he's been kind of inconsistent when he is on his game, he is as good as anybody in baseball. It's just about getting him on the right day. With more team Perez and Dane Dunning, both their stuff, it's not, you know, electric i mean usually you need some of the top end stuff stuff to compete in postseason games but now i mean i I think they throw all three of those guys who have been kind of problematic this year in perez dunning and heaney when it comes to the postseason i don't think those guys are starting games for the rangers unless there's an injury unless evoli's injury is worse than they feared but it gives you four guys that you feel very confident that can go toe-to-toe with any starters in baseball i mean one through four That is a really, really deep rotation. And even though the Rangers' bats have been really quiet this weekend, they're getting Corey Seager back soon. Hopefully Jonah Heim will be back at some point. Their all-star catcher who just went on the IL on Friday. So hopefully they can get him back. It's just a matter of pain tolerance for him. I think he can tolerate the pain. And there's been a lot of pain for Rangers fans. There's not been a postseason berth since 2016. This team desperately wants it. And, you know, sometimes you have to mortgage a little bit of their future. But most of their the top guys that they gave up today were – middle infield prospects and the Rangers have their middle infield locked up for half a billion dollars for eight years and 10 years. So there's not exactly room and third base is being manned by Josh Young, who might be the rookie of the year this year in the American league. Stay up to date all year on the Texas Rangers by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen coming up. Why Shures are being traded by the Mets was surprising because it felt like another player was going to be traded instead. Before we get to that, the week five matchup between the Broncos and the Jets just got more and more spicy. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to the total to... First home run, the Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds begin a four-game series at Wrigley Field. Both teams sending their aces to the mound. FanDuel has the over-under at eight runs in this one. Keep in mind, the last time these two teams played a series at Wrigley, no game had less than nine total. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same-game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Aaron Rodgers channeled his inner Will Smith and wants Sean Payton to keep Nathaniel Hackett's name out of his mouth. Rodgers told NFL Plus in a sit-down interview after practice over the weekend, it made me feel bad that someone who has accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure and that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some easy fall if it doesn't go well for the team this year. Rodgers said Peyton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett were very surprising and out of character for a coach to do that to another coach. In an interview with USA Today last week, Peyton called Hackett's 15-game run with the Broncos last season one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Yes, these two teams do play this year, week five. Get your popcorn ready. 
In Major League Baseball, a busy day of trades also saw the Cardinals shut out the Cubs to end their eight-game win streak. The Cardinals shut out the Cubs, but more importantly, they make a pair of major trades. Hey, it's J.D. from Locked on Cardinals, and Steven Matz look great today. The team avoids the sweep against the Cubs. That's fantastic. But the real news is what happened before the game was even over. The Cardinals have agreed to two major trades involving Jordan Hicks and Jordan Montgomery. Now, the first one to be announced was reliever Jordan Hicks being sent to the Toronto Blue Jays in exchange for the Blue Jays' number seven prospect, right-handed pitcher Sim Robertson and right-hander Adam Kloppenstein. Now, the second deal that went down just moments after that was Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton to the Texas Rangers in exchange for three prospects. Number 11 prospect, right-handed pitcher Takoa Roby, their number 14 prospect, infielder Thomas Sujaci, and left-handed pitcher John King. A more in-depth breakdown of these trades will be coming soon on Locked on Cardinals. The Colorado Rockies finally admitted they were sellers for once. I, the, my first thoughts were, hallelujah, the Colorado Rockies are sellers at a deadline finally. Look, this year is a wash for the Colorado Rockies. They're not making the playoffs. They're not winning the division. They're not going to do these big things. They're not even going to play 500 ball like they expected to play. With the starting pitching injuries and all these things, the best thing the Rockies can do, sell off these veteran contracts, especially of players that most likely aren't going to be here in the long term and get pitching prospects. Now, I don't know too much about these young guys the Rockies just got just yet, but from my initial responses from uh, Locked On Angels and from people, they say this is a good move. Honestly, any move the Rockies make to move on from some of these expiring veteran, veteran contracts is a win, especially when the Rockies have been so inactive at the trade deadline the past couple of years. And in dramatic fashion, the Pittsburgh Pirates got a walk-off win against the Philadelphia Phillies from a dude celebrating his birthday. Well, you couldn't ask for better than that from the Pittsburgh Pirates this Sunday afternoon as the Pittsburgh Pirates walk it off against the Philadelphia Phillies in a 6-4 victory that saw birthday boy Josh Palacios hit his first career walk-off home run against the Philadelphia Phillies. It could have very well been Rich Hill's last start as a Pittsburgh Pirate. Henry Davis has a good day, even though he's still in the middle of a weird streak. He had a phenomenal double play with Andy Rodriguez and Alika Williams there in the top of the 10th inning that saved the game. They had two different spots where they were down by two runs, came back to tie things up and finish the job. And they get the series win to end the month of July over the Philadelphia Phillies 6-4 to four on Sunday. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, and I will see you on the flip side. Just guys being dudes. Here is another story you need to know. The New York Mets spent a ton of money coming into this season to go on a championship run. That didn't happen. Because of how far out of the playoffs this Mets team is, they decided to be sellers. Locked on Mets host Ryan Finkelstein is surprised that Max Scherzer was the one to go. I can't believe it wasn't Justin Verlander. That was my initial reaction where there started to be rumblings about Max Scherzer. I think we kind of expected one of them to go, um, but I thought that Verlander was the one that was going to have enough trade value to get it done. Max Scherzer this year has given up a lot of home runs, hasn't looked great, has pitched to an ERA over four. I didn't know he'd have this type of value. Now, granted, the Mets send $35 million in this trade, so they essentially buy a prospect for $35 million. Uh, But 
it, it was a crazy deal. And now the Mets are sitting in the position with Verlander where they could deal him. They got the, the leverage to do so. Or they can hold them, and I kind of want them to because I'd like them to still have some pitching the next couple of years. I was I was going to say, is this like a situation where the Mets will be able to reload quickly through their own system with pitching coming up to the major leagues? Or is this something that just kind of creates a hole that you now look to the offseason to be something that they fill it? I think it's more the latter there. Now, I will say the Mets have been working overtime to get pitching. They, they drafted a ton of pitchers, a lot of college arms this year. They've had a couple of guys rise to their, their system. Christian Scott, Mike Vassell have had some big years and could be in the mix next year, but that's not an ace. And you know, this Mets team wants to contend big time in 2024. They need frontline starters. That's why I wonder what they do with Verlander. Because if they trade him to have to fill two holes next year, that's going to be more tough. And I really think that puts them in this position where, Hey, if you want to give that godfather offer of prospects, they might listen. I still don't know if they're going to. I think if, if they were seriously going to trade Justin Verlander, I don't know if he starts the game today. And he did pitch, um, you know, uh, this afternoon. Where do you see Luis Angel Acuna fitting into the future of this Mets team? Well, right now, I'd say for one, he's the top prospect in the system. <laughs> you can get that in any trade at the deadline. You love it. It's interesting because I think for teams that you know had an open roster, Shortstop, probably where he'd play. Center field, he's got some time. The Mets have Lindor and Nemo, so I don't see those positions. I imagine second base uh, is likely the home for him. Jeff McNeil's looked great in a corner outfield spot this year, so I, I could see McNeil shifting out, maybe playing right field next year. Um, that leads some question, I guess. We'll, we'll see what happens with Starling Marte as well, but um, I, I think second base is my guess right now. Did the quickness and, and really the the vastness of the two players that they dealt so far surprise you at how much the Mets are just going into that seller's mentality not necessarily you know I I, I at this point I figured David Robinson was going to be gone right it's a rental reliever you don't have a great shot this year you might as well move him get some value back and I think they did well in that trade Tommy Pham Mark Hanna rentals as well so I figured those guys would move Again, I was anticipating maybe Scherzer or Verlander, but the fact that it was Scherzer is what shocked me more than anything. I did know he'd have this kind of value and then a team would really um, want Max Scherzer this much to send a prospect like Acuna in a deal like this and how quickly it came together too, where, where Scherzer makes a start and he's saying, I need to have a conversation with the front office a couple of days ago about what the direction is uh, of this team. And the, the next day, He's in trade talks and getting moved. So it, it's been a fascinating development, and the Mets are clearly a team uh, to watch over the next 48 hours here, 72 hours before the deadline. Stay up to date all year on the New York Mets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Mets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Colts' best player is fed up and wants out. Jamirsay made it clear that he has no interest in renegotiating with running backs on how they are compensated for their play. Insert Michael Jordan, and I took that personally meme here, as Jonathan Taylor said, he wants out of Indy. Locked on Coast hosts Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks have more. It is absolutely crazy that it got this bad this quick with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's easily a level of frustration for him that I understand with the Colts having not offered him anything yet. Uh, yeah. You know, hearing Jim Irsay speak today, it's just not something that's even like, 
the subject hasn't even like been broached on on their side, which seems crazy because, you know, you know, re-signing guys before their contract is up with one year left, like that is something they've done. You know, they've they've re-signed Grover Stewart during the season. Braden Smith was a summer one. Shaquille Leonard was a training camp one. So there's precedent for this. So like, I understand the value of running backs, but why is the guy who just led the league in rushing two years ago? and someone who you would hope would usher in a new era with this quarterback and help him out a little bit. Why is it like pulling teeth to get, like even go to the table that I don't get again. I've said this a million times this week. Like I just feel like no one is handling this ideally and I don't really yeah. get it. And it has led to a really rapid decline. It seems like to add another layer of intrigue to this story, there was some speculation on Sunday that the Colts might put Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list, that he had a back injury that happened in the summer or the spring. That talk got so loud, Jonathan Taylor came out and said, I'm not hurt, which is another way of saying, don't put me on a list I don't qualify for just because I'm mad. Okay, I get why he's mad. And this has gone too far. I am at the top of the list of running backs don't really matter that much, or at least the, the difference between running one running back to another is, is pretty small. There are three or four, maybe five guys who truly matter. Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys. Those guys still absolutely bring value to a team. And this conversation has gotten so out of hand that we just saw Cole Komet get $12 million a year while Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are fighting for their lives, signing the franchise tag to get 10. There is no universe where Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or Tony Pollard is less valuable to their team than Cole Komet, who's been the platonic ideal of fine. He has been absolutely aggressively fine for the Chicago Bears at a position that doesn't really matter anymore than running back unless you are in that upper echelon, unless you're Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or George Kittle, you don't move the needle that much. Cole Komet is that guy. There's no way it should be, eh, okay, cool, that guy gets that. When the superstars of the position, the guys who truly do change the game, who tilt the field, guys like Jonathan Taylor, are going, you're going to pay that guy more than me? He's absolutely right to have a problem with that. And if you're going to be the poster child for, I'm not paying running backs, guess who's going to have a problem with it? Your star running back. And finally, Ireland's first goal ever in the Women's World Cup was truly something. Ireland captain Katie McCabe scored directly from a corner against Olympic champion Canada last week. In its first ever World Cup, Ireland began the tournament with a 1-0 loss to host Australia. McCabe's score from the corner is a rare enough feat in and of itself, but to have it be her country's first ever World Cup goal is magical. You might even call it the luck of the Irish. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will make the biggest Major League Baseball trade deadline splash? 
or have they done it already? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.